Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And on this stop of the mission, on the last day of November 2022, we circle back and revisit a universe filled with characters Mm -hmm. that are Black pop culture icons with the year 2000 sequel to Friday, appropriately named Next Friday. Ice Cube, John Witherspoon, introducing Mike Epps to the fun, Mm -hmm. and a cavalcade of stars and performers. (laughs) The choice of Lynn Webb. But before we get to Next Friday and the sensational character find of 1940, (laughs) Pinky. How are you, Lynn? I'm doing very well, Vincent. How are you? I am also well. Good to hear. Good to hear. What was what's going on in Michelle land? Well, I don't know. Let's talk about it Um, with all of our missionaries that are out there in the chat as we are streaming via StreamYard to YouTube, as well as to Facebook. Hello to each and every one of you. It has been so long since we've gotten together. Um, it was, seems like it was a holiday ago. It seems like it was a holiday. How was your Thanksgiving? Vincent? It was excellent. Was it excellent? excellent? Were there any burgers? There, there were not. And 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 it's yours. There were no burgers at the Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. Okay. Well done. However. However. I didn't have burgers for breakfast. Okay. But I did have ground beef for breakfast. Okay. With uh, scrambled eggs. Okay. So it was burger in spirit, a deconstructed burger. A deconstructed mm-hmm. breakfast burger. Yeah, there you go. That's what I had. But my Thanksgiving was very good. I had spent time with family. Um, and then the weekend was even more lovely because I spent most of the weekend just nuzzling around. On the couch with my lady. Very nice. Very nice. That is something to give thanks for. Um, Thank you um, to all of you who are helping us make our way to 200 reviews on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Um, Just like John50OK, who gave us a review, insightful and fun. Two friends reviewing every black film ever made. They have interesting insights and observations on each film. It often takes them time to get to the movie review. It's a stroll. But but their off-topic conversations are a lot of fun. I mixed up figs and dates just now, so, so we've got that going on. That's part of the fun. That's part of the fun. That's part of the fun that mm-hmm. John enjoys yes. as he listens to the Michelle Mission. Thank you, John. All right. Oh, oh, and we have, among all of our cast of regular missionaries, yes, we have a Robin Browning Hey, Robin, who it is her first time making it to the live. Good evening. Hello, hey, Robin. Robin. Welcome, Robin. Welcome. Oh, that's funny. That is so funny because I just made a Robin joke. You sure did. I made a Robin for those of you. Well, for those of you who don't know, which is everyone. <laughs> Sometimes I make jokes just for me and Lynn. Yes, he does. When I said Pinky was a sensational character find of 1940. That is actually from the introduction of Robin. The Boy Wonder. The Boy Wonder of Batman and from the cover. So so I was making a joke. That was actually a Robin joke. There you go. That no one got but you. Who knows? 
Perhaps Robin Browning got it. Perhaps Robin Browning got it. Because she's probably heard every, every, iteration. Every, every iteration of the round. Like someone has told her she's a sensational character. Fine. Or he. Uh, it is a she. Okay. Which, that she's the sensational character. Fine. Of 1940. And somebody has probably asked her to wear a yellow cape. All right. And green booties. And green. <laughs> <laughs> we want her to come back. <laughs> All right. Back to business. Yes. Um, we have an email, Vincent. Okay. We've got listener mail. Missives from the missionaries. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, let me get to there, right there. Listener mail. And we've got an email from, bringing it up now, George Kimona. Hey, George. I feel like I haven't spoken to George in a minute. No, well, you're about to. All right. Good to hear from you, George. Gents and missionaries. As always, I love the review of American Gangster. Okay. I feel like the hard out last week left a lot unsaid on the cutting room floor and would dig a trailer talk on anything that was missed, like the RZA and the wacky squad that Russell Crowe puts together. To this day, my cousin and I will randomly tell, yell at each other, it's Boogaloo, baby. <laughs> As it happens, Jackie Brown was on a streaming service last last chance menu. I haven't seen it in a long time, and in your review made me take my last chance with Jackie. In a way, I feel like Samuel Jackson was more menacing and dangerous than Mr. Glass, Len, your next top five Sam's most dangerous characters. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good that one, is George. a good one. That's a good one. Look for that this in December. And Max Cherry was a fool, not for staying, but for not at least getting some. Come on, man. You have to take that shot. No, 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 no. All right. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. And in the blink and you miss them category, Sid Haig, the pilot in Foxy Man. Brown, gets to be the judge, while the public defender is played by Denise Crosby in an uncredited role. Okay. And that's my Spock adjacent moment. Yes. There you go. Uh, remember that. And I miss Denise Crosby, but you you know I was all over Sid Haig. Yes, you, you did. You know I love me we some Sid that. We mentioned that. Please keep doing that work that we all appreciate. George Carmona the third. All right. Well, thank you, George. Thank you, George. Yeah, like you even mentioned during the review, like you could have, we could have had like a whole another movie with just Russell Crowe. And RZA and his whole look, yes, band of merry men. Yeah, yeah. And I loved how competent they were. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about the fact that that you, you know I mentioned that really Scott has directed some of my favorite films, and in those films, whether we're talking about an Alien or a Blade Runner or a Gladiator, mm-hmm. he does action really well. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's not a lot of action in this film, but that set piece at the end where they have the raid. Yeah. On every, and, and, and RZA pretends to be a junkie and, and you see them operating as a unit. Absolutely. That's a movie right there. Yeah. It was really, really, really nice and tight. And I feel like this is one of those things that if this wasn't a true story, Right. And, th- and thus you could pluck them out of there and put them in another movie. Right. Y- you would have done this akin to just like how Tommy Lee Jones character in The Fugitive spins off, spins off yeah. into uh, another movie. Yeah. But, you know, the true story aspect of it kind of like 
uh, ties your hand a little bit. Yeah. In regards to Samuel Jackson and, and <clears throat> Jackie Brown and whether or not he should have taken his shot to get some. In the scene with that, Max Cherry, not well, Max Cherry, yeah, not yeah, Max Cherry. Oh, oh, he, oh, he's talking about Max should have yeah. tried to get some. Oh, that's right, I, I'm, I'm forgetting the name. Yeah, I see that, but Max was in a in a in a tough spot because he knew, or it's not hard to imagine, that almost every man who comes into her orbit is thinking about getting with her in a, in a sexual way. Not, not only that, there's no way Jackie Brown wanted to actually be with him. Like, I'm not going to say it would be a pity date, but it was very much something that had an expiration and an end. So, so someone like Jackie, I think you need to just leave alone if you can't really be with her. If, if not, such just stuff set yourself up for right like the, the heartbreak a week two weeks a month from now see i don't know about that i think that i think that she was intrigued don't don't get me wrong i don't think that like he was she saw him as like you know oh who i've always been waiting for but i think she was intrigued to what it might be yeah i didn't i think she was just fond of him well no i i, I think i think she was intrigued but not so intrigued that when he said no, she was like, oh, right. She was like, OK, like, I think she liked him enough that she asked him to go on a trip. But I understood him not going there because mm-hmm. Me too. once you it, once you develop that that trust with someone, you it, you don't sometimes you don't want to cross that line. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to mess it up. Right. You know, it, it, it kept as it is. She might always return to your life. You know, you cross that line. You might shatter it forever. <laughs> Aren't you quite the romantic? Yeah, well, anyway. <laughs> um, so that's my read. Yes, yes. On that. But thank you, George, for the email. Yeah, George. All right. We got some news that we have to get out to to the missionaries. All right. First thing, the Michelle Mission is going to be doing a live show, the Michelle Mission Live in January. Yes, sir. At City Winery here in Philadelphia on January 21st. Tickets are on sale now at citywinery.com slash Philadelphia. The Michelle Mission, Vincent and I are going to be live on stage with the top five list. We're going to be doing Six Degrees of Durville Martin, and we're going to do a talk back and a full movie screening of The Outside Story from 2020, a delightful dramedy starring Brian Tyree Henry and Sonequa Martin-Green um, that is sure to delight Everyone out there, we are looking forward to seeing all of you in January at City Winery. Uh, citywinery.com slash Philadelphia. Tickets are on sale now. All right? All right. Also, we have an announcement. The Kindred Podcast has a name and host too. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, we as you know, Vincent and I are going to be doing a a limited series podcast right here on the Michelle Mission feed where we are going to be reviewing Kindred, the 
adaptation of Octavia Butler's uh, science fiction novel that is scheduled to hit FX and Hulu on December 13th. Well, Vincent and I are going to be debuting that week. Ripples in Time. Ripples in Time. A kindred podcast by by the Michaud Mission, hosted by Len Vincent Ariel Johnson of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House fame, and Octavia Butler scholar herself, Charlene Griffith. And that is set to premiere. Oh, let me just change that. It's going to premiere on Thursday, December 15th. Thursday, December 15th is where we are going to debut. We're going to debut as a live stream right here on the Michelle Mission feed where you can check us out. And then the show will be available as a podcast that following morning on the Michelle Mission feed. So if you subscribe on YouTube, you are in our Facebook group. Then Thursday, December 15th, You'll see the debut of Ripples in Time, a kindred podcast where we will be reviewing every episode, all eight episodes for eight weeks of the kindred TV series debuting on Hulu in December. We cannot wait. It is going to be big, big fun. It's going to be a a great time, and we hope that you will join us. And if you don't think that this is 100 percent going to happen, We've got podcast art for it already. (laughs) (laughs) There's the podcast art. So if you got podcast art, that's 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 like a contract. You you got to do the podcast. The the law says you have to do the podcast. So there you go. Ripples in time. So look for that on your podcast feed, ladies and gentlemen. That promises to be a good, good time. Uh, rest in peace, Irene Cara. Passed away at the age of 63. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Has made an appearance on this show. Yes. Four times. Has it already been four times? Because she was four, in Sparkle. She was in Sparkle. The original Sparkle. She was in Fame. Mm-hmm. She was in Aaron Loves Angela. Right. And then, although it was really an extended cameo, she was a plot point in DC Cab. Oh, how about that? That's yeah. Funny. I forgot about that. <laughs> Where she played herself, but she played herself even then as a bit of, of a cultural mm-hmm, icon. Mm-hmm. So, Which I think it may be fair to say that she was <clears throat> um, of that kind of like that middling period between the 70s into the 80s. Yeah. Um, she definitely was a name on everybody's radar. Absolutely. She, um, I don't think that she became, you know, a superstar. No. But no. she was a name everyone knew. And there were reasons for that. She is one of the casualties of the music industry. Yeah. Yeah. She had a, um, a, a pretty public falling out with her record label and her record label jammed her up. Mm-hmm. And basically destroyed her career. Yeah, because that you know, as much as she did acting, that was where she hoped to really make her mark. Sure, sure, in music. sure. After the theme song, the fame, mm-hmm. it looked like she was primed to be. Yeah, one of those early MTV people. I know, I know. So it it really was a shame. Um, and sixty three is so young. Yeah. Uh, so you know, 
rest in peace, Irene, Irene Cara. Um, and we'll be talking about you. Yeah. Hey, we're covering all the black movies. So yeah, we'll be yeah, yeah, all of the yeah. films of Irene Cara. And I think we may be finished her film work, but she was in a, um, I think that was a made for television film sisters where it's like her and Diane Carroll. Hmm. Are you looking it up? Yeah, I'm looking. Well, I'm looking up her filmography. Yeah. It's like her Diane Carroll. I forget who the third person who the third sister was. No, I'm looking it up now. Irene Cara. You said it was called sister. I think it was called sisters. Uh, actually, a sister, sister, and that sister, is, sister. Okay, that is a feature film. No, no, it is a television movie. Yeah, television movie starring um, Diane Carroll, Irene Cara, and Rosalind Cash. Rosalind Cash. Yeah, yeah, that's on my list of whenever we uh, whenever we we have to do something that's not a film, like our list of of those television films mm-hmm. that somehow have a space. It's sophisticated gents yeah yeah we're, we're not quite filmography but we're close to it yeah she's got oh she was in some weird thriller wasn't she wasn't she in a weird thriller uh, in like 1983 yeah what was the name of it killing them softly yeah i remember she was in the weird thriller with with george siegel clark johnson and nicholas campbell yeah yeah i don't know if that's a black movie well she's the lead is she the lead in that? She's the. Uh, uh, I'm going to pull that up right now. Killing them softly. Put it on the docket. Killing them softly. She is number one on the call sheet. Wow. She's number one on the call. What sheet. a feeling. <laughs> She's going to live forever. <laughs> yeah. The the plot centers on the girlfriend of a murdered man who falls in love with her boyfriend's killer. <laughs> Awkward. Just a bit, <laughs> just just uh, just a bit, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, because so, she has a role in a film that we definitely will not be covering. Um, City Heat. You remember City Heat from nineteen fifty four, nineteen eighty four? Who's in it? <laughs> City Heat was the much heralded teaming of one Clint Eastwood and Burt Reynolds. Oh my goodness! I forgot all about that. <laughs> so did they. I'm surprised they could even get that film finished with all that ego on the same. Actually, what happened in in that uh, film, um, it was directed by, it was written by Blake Edwards. Okay. Written by Richard Benjamin. But what happened on it is that Burt Reynolds got injured during the filming of it. Okay. So that hampered a lot of what they had planned to do Mm -hmm. in the film. Um, not by much, and it's not that great of a movie, right, right? It's a it's a curioso, right, of the time, not of today. And somehow Irene Cara is Irene Cara. They they needed a they needed a, a black woman, yeah. So she found her way, she found her way in 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 that film. So did she find a way to sparkle? Boom, three for three. <laughs> okay, all right, Vincent. All right, you having fun? Good. All right. Top five. Who's your top five? My top five is 
top five, ladies and gentlemen, where I come up with a top five list and Vince has something funny to say about each and every person on the list. And tonight's top five, inspired by next Friday, yes. film for tonight, is the top five blacked out sequels. These are black characters or actors absent from movie sequels. Ooh, this is a good one. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to to go, just so all of you know, I'm not going to go to the most, probably the biggest uh, name, uh, because this is an act, these, these are actors who either were absent from the movie sequel or maybe were replaced in the movie sequel. Okay, and the biggest name would be? The biggest name would be Terrence Howard. I was wondering if this was going to be a Terrence Howard sighting. Right, no. So, but I'm not going to go there because it's just such a big story. Right. Terrence Howard, for those who don't know the the age old story, was played uh, James Rhodey or J- James Rhodey Rhodes. Mm-hmm. That's his full name. That's right. In the first Iron Man movie, uh, a role that subsequently in every other iteration of Iron Man movies and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, what he was replaced by Don Cheadle. Now, the reason why he was replaced is because Terrence Howard originally signed a three-picture deal mm-hmm. for Iron Man, but Iron, the first movie was such a big hit that when it came time to sit down and negotiate exactly what the salary would be with, for the second film, he asked for a little bit more dope, only to find out that a lot of that money right. that had been set aside kind of for him got kicked over to Robert Downey Jr. Right. And 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 just a little context, because I think a lot of people only know Robert Downey Jr.'s career post Iron Man. Sir, I, well, yeah, because it's been going on for so long. Like, Terrence Howard was in Iron Man with Robert Downey Jr. basically as someone that they knew would be stable. Yes. Like this is an actor. He was a stable name. One. He was a stable name because at that Robert time. Downey Jr. was a wild card. Like that really, this really was his comeback role because he had had drug problems. Mm-hmm. He had had legal problems. Mm-hmm. Like he was a wild dude. Like he was basically Nick Nolte. It's fair to say that at that time, even though Terrence Howard was not a, he wasn't a Denzel Washington level leading man, right. but it's fair to say at that time, their careers may have been like on the same plane. Well, again, if you're rolling the dice on one actor, you want another actor that that in you know, I wouldn't quite call him the co-star of Iron Man, but Terrence Howard is in a lot of Iron Man. He's a lot of he's a lot of there and there's a lot of winking to the camera about him being ultimately war machine right in that movie so you really did get the sense that we need this per like we're not gonna get old dirty bastard mm-hmm. to play roadie because mm-hmm. we got this whole situation right here with robert down jr right and right. then when it turned into a phenomenon as you said he kind of got jerked he did get jerked and, yeah. the, and the only reason like you know black hollywood didn't like throw up their hands at it is because Don Cheadle is beloved by Black Hollywood, right? And Don Cheadle is good. Is good. <laughs> and, and, you know, Terrence Howard is a little bit of a weirdo. <laughs> okay, yeah, I fair mean, enough. Let's just call it he what is. it is. Like, he like is. this is not. 
you know, I don't know, um, you, you know, Denzel Washington. Right. Yeah. He's, but he, so he's not on the list. He's so he's not on because the list. Because of course he's immediately who came to my mind. Yeah, and yeah, right. He'd be number one through five. Sure. Right. You know, like you could just put all the Marvel movies right. <laughs> be just him. So no, he's not on the list. But I do have five, and I think five interesting ones okay. for you, Vincent. Well, let's right? see. Let's go. Let's start with number five. Number five, which is Gloria Foster. Okay. From the Matrix and the Matrix Reloaded, yeah. Because this is this is this, this is, is a sad, sad one. one. This yeah. is a sad one. Gloria Foster, a phenomenal character act actress uh, of the like, I guess like her her real heyday was like the late 60s, 70s. Yeah, yeah. She's shown up here a couple of times. Yeah, most definitely, and mm-hmm. will show up again. Yeah. Um, and really nail <clears throat> the the role of the the the, the Oracle, the Oracle. Yeah. In the Matrix, the first Matrix films. Um, and and everybody you know loved her, yeah. but unfortunately, in uh, she passed away. Yeah, um, before they had finished the, the Matrix Revolutions, the third film. So her role was taken up by Mary Alice. Is she in Reloaded? She's she she is listed as re- Reloaded because I think they, they filmed. Her stuff. Wow, I forgot she was in Reload. I just okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, they had filmed her stuff prior because she passed. She passed away, I believe, in 2001. Right, right. Yeah, I didn't think she was in Reloaded. I thought she was only in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. She's well. She's she's credited in 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 Reloaded. Um, and she actually, to be fair, she's credited in the Matrix Four, but that's just the archival footage. Right, right. Of it. I but, just remember that wonderful <clears throat> scene. Where they address it directly, mm-hmm. and Mary Alice talks about you know things don't happen the way we plan them. Yeah, yeah. Like it was a very sweet scene. It was a very sweet scene. Um, uh, you you get the sense, especially because they were contemporaries, that Mary Alice may may have even known Gloria Foster. Sure, sure. Of um, so it's it's a very touching scene. Um, I've I'm, you know so. But so this is a sad one, but it 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 did happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's number five, Gloria Foster. Staying in the world of the Matrix, though. Okay. Number four, we have Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, because he plays um, Morpheus. Yeah, yes, he does. In the entire first set of the Matrix film yeah. franchise, so those three films. Uh, but if I remember correctly he does he dies in the third one right he does not die in the third one no he doesn't no okay but he, he must die somewhere along the line he does somewhere it, it, i mean i too i mean are we, are we doing spoilers no, we're doing spoilers Matrix, um four yeah whatever it was called it's set way in the future right it's set way in the future and they say basically by then morpheus had has, has died has right, died right it, but there's this computer program that has th- taken on the, like the essence, the of, essence morpheus. of morpheus and 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 basically th- that computer program is depicted by yaya abdul mateen yes who more or less it's morpheus in this yeah. movie um yeah so i i I didn't really dig that. I didn't really mind it. Um, I had other problems with Matrix Force. I didn't really focus I mean, on that no. so much. Right. But I I could have had, you know, Lawrence Fishburne. Like, yes, he's an older guy, but he's still good. He's a contemporary of 
of Keanu Reeves. So he definitely could have still been there I'm, doing his thing. I'm convinced that the last scene from the last John Wick film, they're going to tell us that that's all taking place in the Matrix. Because he's kind of playing Morpheus in the John Wick movies. Not really. He is an outsider leader who serves as a mentor mm. and provides information and supplies to the one, basically, which is what John Wick is at this point. Yeah, well, I, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I still don't see him as Morpheus, um, but I... I I get your reference. Yeah. I get your reference, but I don't see him. Like, I completely didn't understand why he wasn't in it. Me neither. I'm not going to get nerd rage about Matrix. I also was completely underwhelmed by the action. Oh, well, there's a lot to be underwhelmed about in that movie. When, like, John Wick was sitting right there. Like, John Wick was sitting right there. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, let them do some John Wick stuff. Well, I mean, they try to differentiate. All right, go ahead. Number three. Number three, Will Smith. Will Smith from Suicide Squad. From Suicide Squad. Where he was cast as Deadshot in 2016's um, Suicide Squad, which if you haven't seen it, don't do it. It's a mess. It is. And then when James Gunn comes aboard um, to kind of like reboot that film fledgling franchise with the suicide squad all you need was the article apparently well in james gunn yes in a good script <laughs> yeah and better actors and, and better actors okay you needed a lot of you stuff you needed a lot of stuff but also the you needed the, the. you needed the, the. You, yeah, needed you needed the, the. the and you also needed idris elba and you also who need- more or less <laughs> plays dead shot <laughs> he plays not dead shot yeah, exactly he, he <laughs> He plays faux Deadshot right. in the Suicide Squad, right. um, which a movie that which starts off with all but killing off the characters from the Suicide from right. Suicide Squad, right, right. except Will Smith, who doesn't who doesn't show up because they don't want to kill off Deadshot, right, right. Um, so that ha- happened. That's got to sting. Like unlike Lawrence Fishburne in The Matrix. That's got to sting a little bit for Will Smith. They could, yeah. Like, I can't believe I was in a garbage one. Because they jumped through hoops to make sure that uh, Margot Robbie would still would, right. would be there as. Come on, man. Harlequin. You know it was his choice not to be in it. I know. Hey, man, you want to be in this one? He said, no, I'm good. I know. Well, that's got to sting. He makes questionable choices. That's got to sting a we little bit. We know he's a man right. who makes questionable choices. It's like, yeah, so The Matrix and Suicide Squad, it's got to sting. That's bit. true, because he was supposed to be exactly. in The Matrix. Exactly. He was supposed to be. Well, there's something else besides The Matrix that he passed on, that famously passed on. Uh, He passed on Django Unchained. That's what it was. Django yeah, he passed on Django Unchained. Django Unchained, yeah. So yeah, Will Smith. Yeah. Number two. Number two. Bernie Casey. Bernie Casey. And Charlie's Angels full throttle. Now, this is a switch up because Bernie Casey signs on to Charlie's Angels. No, not Bernie Casey. That's why you were confusing me. Bernie Mac. You know, I wrote Bernie Casey. <laughs> it's like Bernie Casey was I've, in Charlie's. I wrote Angels. I wrote Bernie Casey. <laughs> Well, look, unfortunately, I can't. I can't change the graphic. Okay, because it's, it's a. It's that Lord, what it, It's actually I, Bernie Mac. I would have been real good if Bernie Casey was in there. 
My bad. Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle is a switch up because he is replacing Bill Murray. Right. Who played Bosley in the Charlie's Angels films. But then there was some some stuff behind the scenes with Bill Murray was acting out of pocket, saying some stuff about Lucy Liu, and Lucy Liu was above him on the call sheet. So one of them had to go, and it wasn't Lucy Liu. So Bill Murray went. In comes Bernie Mac playing the long lost, I believe, brother of Bosley. I think he's like Jerome Bosley. And, and, and thus the Charlie's Angels franchise continues. Right. But then he's not in. The third one. Or are you saying he replaced? He replaced Bill Murray. But he's not. Is there a third? There's a third Charlie's Angels, wasn't there? I believe. Cast? I believe like that film may be the third one. Charlie's Angels full throttle. Because I thought there was a film that Bernie Mac wasn't in because he got sick. That may be true. Yeah, yeah that, that may be true. Uh, <clears throat> which is where I thought you were going with this. No. Okay. No, I wasn't. All right. I wasn't going there. I was going the I was going with the happy story. Happy story. Okay. But you you went the other way. I've now made it bad. You took it you took it down. All right. You took it down a dark alley. Um yeah, there was only two. Okay. And he was in the full throttle. Okay. That was the second one. And then they kind of like rebooted it. Yeah. Which whatever. Anyway, so that's number two. Okay, number two. Number one. The number one blacked out sequel person. Inspired by next Friday. Inspired by next Friday. Which should give you a clue. Okay. As to who number one is. This is probably going to spill over into the show, maybe. Regina King. Well, look. From Friday. Yes. 1995. Yeah. Who is conspicuously moved out of the house? Yeah, in 2000s next Friday. I mean, you're talking about Regina King, Anna Marie Horsford, of course, Chris Tucker. Right. Well, Mia Long. True. Like, there's a significant amount of the cast from Friday. Now, I forget the dude that DJ Pooh plays. Yeah. Well. First of all, Pinky. Well, not Pinky. Um, Big Worm. First of all, start with the director, but we'll get into that. Yeah, in we'll the get review, into all that. But in the but yeah, yeah, sure. sure. But Regina, Regina King, Regina King, sure does not return for next Friday, and I think it's not hard to tell why, ladies and gentlemen, because in between 1995, where she does Friday. And 2000, when next Friday comes out, Regina King not only has roles in a thin line between love and hate, uh, down to earth, excuse me, not down to earth, Mighty Joe Young. Mm -hmm. Um, She actually has a standout performance alongside Will Smith in Enemy of the State. Mm -hmm. But she really captures... Uh, eyes as Marcy Tidwell, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s mm-hmm. wife, yeah, in Jerry Maguire, yeah, and that's when things start really rolling for her. So by the time you get to 2000, 
she's probably, you know, I didn't find any evidence to this, but she probably is good with being. You know what? And and again, at the risk of spilling into the, the review, I disagree with you. Really? I think if this script was better and or they asked her to be in it, I think she would have been in it. Well, I don't think they would have asked her because I don't think they could have afforded her. At that point, I don't think they could have afforded. What year is Soul Food Christmas come out that she's in? Soul Food Christmas? What was that? This Christmas? What year is this this Christmas Christmas come out? That's 2007. Yeah, if she's in this Christmas in 2007, she would have been in next Friday in 2000. No, she wouldn't have. She absolutely, why? No, she wouldn't have. You're saying she couldn't, they couldn't afford her. You're saying she's in Soul Food Christmas in 2007. Okay, you and your Soul Food Christmas. I think she takes roles she's interested in. I think she takes roles that she's interested in too, but I don't think that she would have been, one, to your point, I don't think she would have been interested in this script. But two, I don't think that in 2000, they would have, they could have afforded her because that is one of the things that you look at this film, this film, the money is on Ice Cube. Are you trying to tell me Soul Food Christmas could afford her more than this? Would you call in 2007? Yes. Yes. This Christmas, um, I'm I'm guaranteed. I'm not letting go of this. What was the budget of this Christmas? I'm about to tell you. Uh, uh, This Christmas, 2007, the budget was $13 million. What was the budget of next Friday? The budget for next Friday was. $11 $11 million. There's no way on earth you're going to tell me they couldn't have afforded her in 2000 and this Christmas could in 2007. And the only difference is $2 million. I, I bet they couldn't afford her. Yeah. I, I don't think she would have wanted to do it, I but I bet they couldn't have afforded it. I think you're giving this movie too much credit, Mm-mm. frankly. I'm not, I'm, trust me, I'm not right. giving this movie any credit. Right. I just don't think that they could yeah, I afford think if her. The script was, I think if the script was better, mm-hmm. And by better, it actually included Anna Marie Horsford and um, Regina King's character. I think she'd have signed back up because of her um, feelings about that character and about Friday. Mm, Okay. Yeah, I think they dropped the ball. I don't think Regina King said, this is what you got to pay me. No, I... Okay, I, I, I just... Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily money that couldn't, that is the main reason. I just also think that they couldn't have afforded her. I yeah, don't. I'm going to just, yeah. All right. That dumbass Christmas movie, if she took that check, <laughs> she'd have took this check in 2000. That was, I mean, it's a whole different different vibe on the Christmas movie. Well, that's what I'm saying. On a Christmas, on a Christmas movie, here's the thing about a Christmas movie, right? A Christmas movie you get a low budget. It's a, it's a, it's it's a stacked cast. It was it looked like it was a fun film to look like a fun film for everyone to make. Everybody, <clears throat> not everybody, but probably more than a few people, Regina King in, included, probably cutting their rate a little bit yes. to do to be in that film because. And I want to think that Delroy Lindo and Regina King and Idris Elba, even at that point. Are are have smart enough agents who realize I'll take the cut here because this is a Christmas movie and this is going to play and play and play and play and play and I'm going to make up that money on the 
on the back end. You're not going to do that with next Friday. You don't, especially you are an insane person, especially if you're looking at the script of the next Friday. They play next Friday. Next Friday is on like five different channels right now. Like right now, if you turn to TNT, they play next Friday. This Christmas, they play once a year. To your point, they play it every year. Mm -hmm. They play next Friday every two weeks. I, I I disagree. All right. You mean you disagree? You're trying to say they play uh this Christmas more than next Friday? Yes. You're, you're I think you're I think th- I think this I think this Christmas You're just being obstinate now. You don't I'm even believe not. that. No, you, don't not. Even, you don't even believe that. I do believe that. I think this Christmas has more legs than next Friday. Now, if you want to go Friday after next, maybe I'll I'll rock with you, but not next Friday. So you think they play the third sequel more than they do the second sequel? I don't think sequel. they really give a damn about any of the, the sequels, third sequel, honestly. That's a Christmas movie. I don't think they give a damn about any of them. They play Friday. They don't really, they, they don't play I next Friday think, like hard I like that. I think they play these more than Friday. I don't know. I think they throw these on all the time. No, no. Maybe maybe on your... um, On TNT, TBS, them rando sort of standard package cable channels. No. USA. No. That's why everybody knows who Pinky is. No, you're wrong. Pinky's in one scene in this movie. You're wrong. Pinky's in one scene, maybe three scenes in the second movie. Everybody know Pinky. You're wrong. I mean, you can say I'm wrong. We can say up is down, but in your heart, <laughs> you're just arguing now. But you know they played them Friday movies all the time. No, no, they play Friday all they the time. They don't, but they don't. Because yes, Friday do. is a film. You can say it as soft as you want. Look, they do. Regina King could have been in next Friday, and it wouldn't have been because of money. The script is terrible. And that's, that's probably why she wasn't in it. Well, that's what I said. But I said also they couldn't afford her. The script was terrible. I think it, well, I guess we'll talk about all this in the review, but all right, fine, fine. All right. So I don't know how you pick her out of the cast that didn't show. Like, how you, so not Chris Tucker? You're not going to talk about Chris Well, Tucker? I mean, because I know Chris Tucker is the more famous one that we're going to talk about right. in, the, in the review, but right. I don't, you don't see people really talking about Regina King right, right. and the others not being in the film. And I think of the others, I think Regina King is the one that is missed the most. Really? More than Anna Marie Horsford? I do, honestly. Huh, okay. Based on the story. If, if, if this, the story being the same, I think you miss Regina King. You know? And your beloved Neil Long. You miss Neil Long. I don't think you miss Neil Long. Miss Neil because Long. you know they're setting, you know they're just going to set up another, right, another love, love interest. interest. Sure. You know? Sure. So, no, I don't think you, you miss right. Neil Long in this. All right. Okay. Uh, George Kimona. Hey, George. Wants to know how are we going to forget Wesley Snipes in Major League, um, who played Willie Mays Hayes, and then I believe is replaced by Omar Epps in one of the movies. I actually forgot that he was replaced. Yeah, me too. I, I so you got me there. You got me there because I watched the, the first Major League. I think I watched the second one and then I was done with the major league movies. That's um kind of interesting though that Omar Epps replaced him because you, you know the rumor was always that Wesley Snipes played the love interest in um disappearing acts mm-hmm. because Omar Epps and Sanaa Lathan had some type of personal 
issue because Omar Epps was supposed to play the lead. Oh, I see. I think I do remember that. And to circle back to what you said last week in your top five about Denzel Washington being too old to play a character in Out of Time. Mm -hmm. Wesley Snipes playing that character in Disappearing Acts opposite Sanaa Lathan was ridiculous. Because he is so much older. Because he was so much older than her. I don't, I've never saw Disappearing Act. It's not bad. Wasn't that a TV thing? I think it was an HBO film. Yeah. All right. We're okay. talking about Omar Epps and Wesley Snipes going back and forth. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, that's my top five, Vincent. All right. I didn't know it would be controversial, but <laughs> it was. And now, ladies and gentlemen, and Robin, it's time for the Game of Kings. <laughs> Six Degrees of Derville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where Vincent will attempt to get to actors of my choice and connect them in six films or less to that other 70s heartthrob besides Irene Cara. Who's in every sequel he was offered. <laughs> yes, he never <laughs> met a sequel he didn't make. That's right. Derville Martin. Derville Martin. Vincent, are you ready? I am ready. Continuing the theme. Continuing the theme. I have selected two actors. Okay. Who were subsequently either dropped or replaced for one reason or another. Okay. From sequels to films that they were in. Okay. All right. A theme. A theme. Okay. So do you want he or she? You know what? I'll go with he. We'll go with he. In six movies or less, Vincent, get from Derville Martin. Derville Martin. To Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Okay. <clears throat> How do I want to do Ben Affleck? And of course, Ben Affleck was in what film? And then uh, he was he was in the sum of all fears where he played Jack Ryan. He sure did play Jack Ryan. Uh, and then he pretty much killed the franchise. Uh, and it was not long after rebooted with Chris Pine in the role. Mm. Okay. How do I want to get to old Ben Affleck? Derville Martin. Mm -hmm. And I think I messed this up before. But I'm going to um, go to the film that I know both of them were in. Derville Martin is, of course, in Five on the Black Hand Side with Dick Anthony Williams, who's in Mo Better Blues with Denzel Washington, mm -hmm. who's in He Got Game with Rosario Dawson, who is in this last Clerks film, that, that, that Clerks film that just came out a few um, months ago with Ben Affleck. Which would be Clerks 3. Yes, Ben Affleck's in that. He makes a cameo. I was about to say, film. I thought he was in it. So there you go. I did not see that film. Me either. I don't. I actually don't like the Clerks films. Not even the first one. I don't. Yeah, I liked it at the time, but yeah, it does. It 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 wore thin. Right, right. I know my nerd cred. I'm supposed to always be yay Kevin Smith, but I've never really understood the Kevin Smith thing. Maybe. Well, no, because it really is just about him being a nerd. Yeah, I just yeah. Because when I think about it. 
has there been a Kevin Smith film that I liked? There, there's, and, and I've actually seen a fair amount of Kevin Smith films. Well, he hasn't been done that many. I mean, he's done what? The Three Clerks films, Dogma, um, Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. I mean, you mean Chasing Amy wasn't bad. Eh. I mean, it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway. How many times have you seen it? Once. Exactly. Anyway. Uh huh. All right. There very, you go. Very good. So you got the Ben Affleck. All right. Now in six movies or less. <clears throat> six movies or less. Who is the lady? The lady. Who was re- replaced in the sequel? The lady is the mummy, Rachel Weiss. Oh, my God. God, Rachel Weiss, good. Who did not return for the final Mummy movie because by then she had won an Oscar and she was like, I'm good. Mm. And she was replaced by Maria Bello. Oh my goodness. Goodness. I knew that if Rachel, Rachel Weiss walked in here right now, I'd say, Why are you in here, random person? Um <laughs> she's not she's not a oh random. my god, I don't even know what she was in. What did she win an Oscar for? I didn't know she won an Oscar too. You said it just now. Really? Oh. Oh I'm sorry, I'm not up on my Rachel Weiss. Oh yes, I forgot. This is your black hole. Um Rachel Weiss won an Oscar for let me pull her up. Pull up her awards. Da, da, da. Yeah, because I have no idea what she's been in. She da, 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 won for the the constant gardener <laughs> in two thousand six. Really, really. <laughs> Did you see the constant gardener? No. <laughs> I swear, God, sometimes they, I swear it's like the Oscar Michelle ghost films that they know that they existed because people have posters and people wrote a review of them. Like, I, like I know the Constant Gardener existed, mm-hmm. but I don't know anyone who actually saw it. Okay, yeah, because I don't even know who's in that. <laughs> Me neither. Oh, <laughs> how's she want an Oscar for a movie? I mean, that happens. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> What's the last thing she's I'm not going to knock her for that? I'm not knocking her. Apparently, she's done very well for herself. Mm, she's in. A, she's she was in a few movies, and I'm looking at her filmography that I think you've seen. Then did I say, "Oh wow, she's doing really good work"? Oh my god, her. she was in. I think you saw the last movie that she was in. What is it? Do you want me to tell you? I, it, I, it, I, it, I, I'm I'm genuinely curious about what she has been in. It's going to get that I right. knew she was in it, but or, or she was in it, and I have no memory of her whatsoever. Well, this is immediately going to connect the dots for you. Uh, she was in Black Widow. As who? Well, I'm not going to tell you. You want me to tell you? I am genuinely curious. <laughs> <laughs> she plays their mother. Black Widow and his and her sister's mother. I liked her in Black Widow. I didn't know that was her. I didn't mm-hmm. know that was Rachel Weiss. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, look at this point, yeah, 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 right. So I could get through it through the Marvel Samuel Jackson stuff, but now I'm I'm genuinely curious. Like, what, what else has she been in <laughs> that I? Would what else she do? No, no, I'm genuinely curious. Where I would have said, "Oh wow, you say that's her." I still don't believe it's her. 
she's doing good work. Like, what else would she have been in that I would have noticed? Like you said, she got an Oscar for a film that I'm 70% existed. <laughs> she was in Going Backwards. She was in... Um... Well, you probably didn't see Oz the Great and Powerful. <laughs> but you probably saw The Born Legacy. Who is she in The Born Legacy? Uh, Dr. Marta Shearing. <laughs> okay. She was in The Lovely Bones. I did not see The Lovely Bones, but I heard good things about that. She was in, <laughs> of all things, Fred Claus. She was in The Fountain. That's the, um, isn't that uh, Darren Aronofsky? Yeah. Yeah. She was in, uh, she was in Keanu Reeves' Constantine. Constantine. <laughs> she played that. She played uh, Angela and Isabel Dotson. <laughs> She was in Runaway Jewelry with John Cusack. Or you. And Gene Hackman. She's a good one. She's a, I, I, I swear if she walked in this room, I wouldn't know who she was. She was in The Shape of the shape of Things with Paul Rudd. She was in A Battle Boy. She was in The Mummy movies, as I mentioned. Yes, you mentioned The Mummy movies. Uh, she was in Enemy at the Gates mm. with, um, uh, I think that's Ray Fiennes in that. She was in, and I'm just going. You ever watch? You ever like, like, like watch something? Those are the ones I. And you fast forward, and you see like commercials for shows that you've never seen one episode of, Mm -hmm. and they've been on for like eight years. (laughs) It's like season twelve. It's like this is me in her career. Like we are just two ships in the night (laughs) that have never passed one another. So that's a good one. Okay, but you've seen a, f- a couple of those films. I, not as many as you would think. Oh, okay. Yeah. But for the sake of, of the To be game, a completist. To be a completist. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> you know. No, I don't know. Uh, uh, Leonard Jackson is in Black... Uh, five on the black hand side with Dervell Martin. Then Leonard Jackson goes on to be in um in um Boomerang with no Leonard Jackson is in um Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is in Harlem. No, Eddie Murphy is in Coming to America mm-hmm. with Samuel Jackson, who's mm-hmm. in the Avengers with Scarlett Johansson, who's in Black Widow, apparently with Rachel Weisz, <laughs> who plays their mother. Please. And it's good. I was like, yeah, she's pretty good. Yeah. But then I got distracted by like Scarlett Johansson and and what's what's little Black man, little black widow's name, <laughs> Flo. Um, uh, I know he's talking about and 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 dad from Stranger Things. Yeah. Well, very good, Vincent. I guess <laughs> that was a good. That was a good pick. You made it to Rachel Rice. That was good. God bless you, Rachel Rice, and keep on doing your thing. <laughs> I'll keep on doing my thing, and the two of us will never cross paths. 
And that's okay. It is. And that's okay. Everything doesn't have to be your thing. That's very true. All right. Very true. All right. Let's get into our (laughs) review. She's not next Friday, is she? (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm just curious about stuff. Is that Rachel Weiss? Is that her? Is she in? Is she in the dog catching truck? Right, right. Dude. Like I just finished Andor, which was amazing. Yeah, I hear everybody it's like, say is that. she in Andor? I hear everybody say that. Yeah, I won't be finishing Andor. Oh, that's why. I because I don't care. I don't care. I don't. I don't. I don't care. Mm. I don't. Right. Well, everything don't have to be your care. thing. And I just Andor was that work. It's all I've heard. Yeah. So I've heard. But all right, fine. Fair enough. I I won't be returning to that. There's two other movies TV shows I won't be returning to. Okay. I've 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 realized this that I don't think I care enough. Okay. Um let the right one in. I've not even started yet. Easy. No, I started it and it was good enough, but it just didn't like it didn't like we support all things within you can only rose. So much so that I haven't started yet. I'm watching one city. Go ahead. So I have I, that didn't get me. And um, your show. What? Was the she was hell edge of four? Show? Oh, you're yeah, yeah, you're crazy. No, 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 no. It's the good. man who fell to earth. The man who fell for earth. It's good. I'm not knocking that is is it's good. And and let the right one in is good too. Mm-hmm. So I'm not knocking them as creative at adventures you're just not interested it's just didn't they just, just didn't, didn't grab, grab me you need them and i and i sat with like um the band who fell on earth i i think i watched like three three episodes or so three or four episodes and i just it just didn't grab me i realized that like i'm not returning to it when i've mm-hmm. got time to sit and watch it i don't return to it maybe circle back maybe because you know again it's 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 like what 10 episodes yeah maybe so but okay all right. Rachel Weiss is in neither of those shows. She's in neither of those neither shows. shows. Yeah, I'm just making all right. Now I'm just gonna keep a list. Just gonna keep a list. Yes. We're gonna do a Rachel Weiss check-in. You never know. Every week. No one is <laughs> no one ever expects Rachel Weiss. No one ever expects Rachel Weiss. Right. So all right. All right. Now let's now. get into our review of next Friday. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Or your cousin get you into any kind of trouble. I'm beginning to like Rancho Cucamonga. Daddy, Craig's here! Boy, you looking good. Why don't you give your auntie sugar some sugar? Oh, damn! You see how we live? We live wild. Uh, I feel five pounds lighter. We live rough. Ooh. Yeah, I like it rough. You got a restraining order on a little girl named Baby D. Oh, I got you. Nice house. 
I didn't expect you to answer. Hey, we got that Ricky Martin CD. I love him. He's not related to the Jacksons, are you? Oh, shit. Hey, where the hell you been? No, no, no. Well, I didn't drop you on your head when you were a kid. New Line Cinema presents Meet Miss Hope. I'm gonna give some breakfast to my dead homies. I miss you, man. Ice Cube. What's your name? Carla. I think Carla's got jungle fever, is it? It's lunchtime, eh? What's that smell? Clean, fresh air. Just smell. Some days are better than others. But nothing is better. Love Fridays. Than next Friday. Better open up that window. I got an idea. Next Friday, the 2000 American stoner comedy film and the sequel to the 1995 film Friday. The first to be produced by Ice Cube's film production company, directed by Steve Carr and written by Ice Cube. After finding out Debo escaped prison to get revenge on Craig, his father decides it would be safer for Craig to move to live with his uncle Elroy and cousin Day Day, Mm. who had just won the lottery. Starring a returning Ice Cube and John Witherspoon and added to the cast, Mike Epps, with appearances by Tamala Jones and an extended cameo almost by Tiny Lister Jr. Next Friday was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, what do you have to say about next Friday? This is a bad movie. This is a very, very bad movie in every single sense of the words, ladies and gentlemen. Friday, the film to which this is a sequel, is a certified cult classic. You heard me and Vince arguing earlier on the show about how this this movie from 1995 is still beloved and it's still played on on cable networks to this day it is still quoted Mm -hmm. um and it is still very much one of the more more popular and notable things in the filmography or careers of ice cube who was the the writer uh, along with DJ Pooh of the original film and Chris Tucker, his noted co-star in that movie. Cause it goes without saying Friday was a film that made Chris Tucker a star. Yes. He, his, he was the, the, the comment that shot from that film ice cube because of already rap music and already some movies was already a bit of a, a bit of a star. Um, but Chris Tucker was the, 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 the shiny star that shot from there as well as the director mm-hmm. F. Gary Gray. There it is. Who, who put together that slice of life that happened in, uh, uh in Friday that everybody loves assembled a cast of, 
uh, good actors portraying crazy characters, but all of the characters, as crazy as they were, still felt that they had their feet solidly on the ground and they felt, you know, lived in Mm -hmm. and real to a sort, including John Witherspoon, who plays Craig's father, Mm -hmm. his his dad, right? Uh, Willie Jones. Mm -hmm. Because as wild and as funny as he is in Friday, you never get the sense that he's a bad father. Uh, You always get the sense that he has nothing but love for his son and is trying to instill good values in his son. Mm -hmm. And those good values are in or on display for the most part by Craig in Friday. Craig is, you know, despite having just lost his job and he ain't got no job, he ain't got no place to go. So you're just going to sit here on his porch on Friday and have fun with his boy Smokey. Craig is a guy who, you know, he smokes some weed, but he's not like a weed head. Not at all. By any stretch of not the imagination. Um, it's always trying to about doing the right thing. Um, it's not about getting into any type of any type of nonsense. Always kind of like the sounding board for all of the craziness that's going on. He's a straight guy. Yeah. In the film. Fast forward five years to next Friday. In the stretch of that time, we talked about the star that Regina King had become. Chris Rock is even more of a star at this point. Chris Chris Tucker, excuse me. Chris Tucker is even more of a star at this time because of uh, the Rush Hour films. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, at this moment in his life, Chris Tucker is a born-again Christian. Right. And And that is... It is through that lens that he chooses a lot of the work that he wants to do. And knowing the world in which the Friday universe is steeped in, he says no thank you to the next Friday movie. Right? Yes. And put a pin in that, too. No, put a pin in that. So you don't have the superstar of the first film returning for this for the second film. Right. You, the second film is a script that is credited to Ice Cube as the writer, um, and no one else. Y- yes, DJ Pooh, mm-hmm. who was very much a a, a, a co-writer, mm-hmm. a co-creative force in the first Friday film, is n- nowhere to be seen. This is an Ice Cube joint this is actually the first cube vision mm-hmm. production that's right so ice cube is the writer he is also the 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 producer the director f gary gray he's not here right they have brought in steve carr making his feature film debut mm-hmm. though he's a bit of a producer and a music video director at this time which in their defense that's where f gary gray came from that's where he came so it's from it's not like it's, it's, certainly you can't find gold it's not like you can't find gold you're more often than not though are going to find something much less than right gold. right not gold not gold yeah faux gold mm-hmm. 
Fool's Go. Fool's Go. And that's unfortunately what this film found in its director and Steve Carr. Mm-hmm. You don't, we, Ice Cube has written a story that takes his character, Craig, out of the the setting of L.A. and deposited him in Rancho Cucamonga. Rancho Cucamonga. Where he lives with his, where he moves to for fear that Debo, who's just getting out of prison, is going to come and retaliate. Craig, by order of his father, is sent off to to Rancho Cucamonga to live with his uncle and his cousin. His his cousin, as you mentioned, played by Mike Epps. His cousin Day 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 Day, and his uncle, <clears throat> played by uh, comedian DC Curry, mm-hmm. uh, play as uh, his uncle Elroy. And they had they hit the lottery. They got a million dollars, eight hundred something thousand after taxes, Mm two hundred and forty something thousand after paying off some debts, right? And um, a niceish two thousand circa house in a cul de sac and a BMW. Yes. To show for their lottery winnings. Yes. For the most part, that's what they've got. It, where they live in this cul-de-sac where they get high all the time. Um, Uncle Elroy has uh, his his girlfriend who's living with him, who is your girl, mm-hmm. my girl. Yeah. From Black Dynamite, Kim Whitley yeah. playing Auntie Sugar. Yes. The sex-crazed girlfriend of Elroy. Um, they have, you know, some vatos that live live next door who are getting into all types of shenanigans. And they, of course, have a sister who is becomes the love interest for Craig. Of course. Um, But. Everything feels off about this film Mm -hmm. from from the giddy up starting with the where we're reintroduced to Craig and he is sitting there in the bathroom rolling up a blunt. Yep. And that just does not feel right. That's not the Craig we left. Right. Craig was not like sitting in the bathroom rolling blunts. Craig had Smokey coming over and maybe he had a blunt or two. Right. He was he wasn't a guy that was just constantly looking to get high. He wasn't that dude. He wasn't that dude. But absence of Smokey, they they put that trait onto Craig. Mm-hmm. Why? Because in in an attempt to have Mike Epps not just play Smokey Jr. Right. Day Day is played as a bit of a, a nebbish, a bit of a not so much of a nerd, but just of I don't know, just a bit of a sad sack around the way, dude. Yeah, you know, um, can't buy a break. Right. Uh, got stupid girl troubles from yeah. from. Tamala Jones and it's just it's got got a a, a a dead end job at a video store. It's record a record store. I don't even remember the details. It's pinkies. Yeah. Um and that that character doesn't one hundred percent work. It's memorable because Mike Epps 
is we've talked about it here. He's a very good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of charisma. Has, he has a lot, a lot of, of charisma. He has a lot of charisma, but unfortunately, he's not given a lot to work with. Sure. Some of the funniest lines that are in this film are lines that he ad libs into the into the absolutely. Film. Um, one one famous bit where he. It, it, a lot of these lines are lifted from his 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 act at the time mm. that he was doing on stages. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it, it's it's very hit and miss, and it's just not funny. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the lowest type of potty potty humor and and pratfalls, and um, not helped by some. Truly abysmal direction. There are mm-hmm. mom- there are moments in this film where people are giving whole monologues off camera, <laughs> <laughs> and the person on camera is just sitting there listening. Yeah, and yeah. their and their monologues have import to yeah, the yeah. quote unquote plot. plots yes. of this movie. But you, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't know it because when the camera swings back to them, they're getting in the car and pulling away. Right. There are scenes where John Witherspoon is at a hot dog joint to get a hot dog, and he's talking to the person behind the register. You never see the person behind the register. Maybe there it goes. Maybe it's Rachel Weiss. <laughs> And Rachel Weiss as the disembodied voice <laughs> at the hot dog stand. Yeah. You but not only do you not see the person, when the person hands change out, <laughs> you don't even see the hand. It's just, it's just, you it's just, just see change flying out of the window. <laughs> I'm like, which just tells me that they couldn't afford Regina King. Right. They couldn't even afford to pay the person's hand. Because yeah, like, this person would have yeah. had to, I guess, get a full credit. Yeah. On the cast, um, the, this film is it's it's snake bit not only because you know Chris Tucker doesn't return, um, uh, uh, Regina King doesn't return, so many other actors don't return. Justin Pierce, who plays Roach, um, Day Day's friend and sure. coworker at not? at the sh- the shop, he he is he is a, a person obviously the actor but fighting with some demons. He would commit suicide not too long after this film um, wraps and is released that same year. So we're not gonna blame that on the movie. Though. I'm not blaming it on okay. the movie. Oh, my goodness, I'm not blaming it's, it on the movie. movie but... but to be fair, he adds nothing to the film. Twilight Zone, the movie. Though. He adds absolutely nothing to the film. No, there are characters no, that are introduced all. for no reason. None. Debo escapes prison alongside. You learn that he has a brother played by Sticky Fingers, and then disappears from the movie. He's locked in a dog catcher's truck for about 30 minutes. Bizarre. All right, go ahead. Like, I mean, no, I'm really done because while I was not expecting much from this film, Mm -hmm. but the second I saw that it was written solely by Ice Cube Mm -hmm. and that F. Gary Gray did not return to direct it, Mm -hmm. I said, oh, this does not bode well. Yeah, this is a film that makes a series of mistakes within the first 10 minutes yes. of the film. 
the first when the credits come on and they come on in the form oh, that's of right. smoke. Yes, yes. And you've got and, a voiceover. And you've got a voiceover where it's Ice Cube and it sounds like he's high. So that making jokes at the credits, making jokes at the credits, but it lets you know that they have reconfigured Fridays, this film to be a stoner film, mm-hmm. which if you listen to our review of Friday, this is something you actually corrected me where I said, yeah, Friday's a stoner film. You're like, no, Friday's not a stoner film at all. Friday is a film where sometimes they smoke weed. Right. But it's not a stoner film. No. As you said, it is very much set in reality. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, they've missed one of the great moves of Friday. And they've turned it into the stoner film. Second thing they do, Debo is turned into a cartoon. Yeah. They have him, as you said, he has escaped from prison. He's with his younger brother. Mm-hmm. He has on these orange overalls. But he's a cartoon. One of the great things about Debo is that Debo was actually a menace Mm -hmm. in the first film. For all the Chris Tucker, you got knocked the F out and this, that, and the other, and and my mama gave me that that chain. (laughs) Debo beats up Felicia. Mm -hmm. Debo hits Nia Long's character. Mm -hmm. Debo is a thief. Like, Debo is actually... A monster with some heft yeah yeah much like i'll just bring him in talking about cast members who didn't return the character of big worm you miss him big worm has a shower cap on big worm has a jerry curl big worm tells Smokey, i'm going to murder you mm-hmm. big worm tries to kill both of them so you have this wonderful balance with the heavies in Friday, mm-hmm. where there's some funny, but there's also some real consequences, yeah. some real stakes, real repercussions. That's yeah. gone. Along those lines, leaving South Central, I think, completely removes that wonderful texture of Friday, where, again, mainly through the work of Ice Cube in NWA. Mm-hmm. As the audience, we've been trained to know that South Central is a place that can get very serious very quickly. Mm -hmm. So the contrast of this slice of life in South Central, again, you have this wonderful texture. They move out of South Central to this basically back lot almost. Yeah. With no flavor, with no anything. You don't really get the sense, like they say it's Rancho Cucamonga, but you don't get any kind of sense of where they are. At this point, we've talked about all the returning cast and how that takes away from this film. Obviously, Chris Tucker. There's no Chris Tucker. To circle back to Regina King, while I was so adamant about grouping Regina King and Anna Marie Horsford together, not being in it. Without those two, you don't get that wonderful family structure. Well, yeah. That you get in Friday. A. B, more importantly... It completely handicaps John Witherspoon's character. Because as you said, for all the don't nobody go in the bathroom for 35, 45 minutes, this is a loving husband. Mm-hmm. This is a doting father mm-hmm. on Gina King. This is someone, and and you, you know, it's it's sort of like 
we, we used to joke about the last dragon where, where there's a scene where Tymok is looking at um some clips from Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee yeah. or in the bodyguard where there's a moment where they're actually playing something from some, um, a cure um some some shogun movies right and we said oh don't don't show clips from better movies in the, <laughs> don't do that they show that wonderful moment from friday where john witherspoon tells him you know fight like a man you know put down a gun you win some you lose some but you live to see another day where john witherspoon's character in friday is surprisingly nuanced yeah yeah. And I think his best performance. The nope. actor. Yeah, the actor. Well, all of that's gone. Right. Because he because he, like Debo, is now a cartoon. Now he's a cartoon. Now he's a cartoon. And there's no real through line. Like there's no real plot. No. They they there's a which is fine because it wasn't much of a plot to well, Friday the either. The in Friday, the engine that kept Friday going was that they had to pay Big Worm this money. Right, right. And Debo is wandering through the neighborhood as a menace. Mm-hmm. So that kind of kept things going. None of that is here. You get the sense that Ice Cube wanted to write a movie. And he said, well, I did it with DJ Pooh, so how hard could it be by myself? Mm. And the answer is very hard. Mm. Because even with everything that we said, this movie is an hour and 40 minutes, including the credits. Mm-hmm. So it's about you know an hour 30, hour 35. There's a shift in this movie where for some reason they have to break into the Vato's house. Yeah. That for one solid half hour is just filler. I know. It's just filler back and forth so that everything you said. Now then, <clears throat> I like Mike Epps. I like Mike Epps. As I said, I, I think if I, I don't think anyone can replace Chris Tucker because I think Chris Tucker brought this really chaotic energy yeah. to Smokey. That, again, speaks to the texture that I'm talking about, it, that this lacks from the original Friday. But I like Mike Epps and I like Mike Epps and Ice Cube together. Like I actually like like they act. I actually believe them as cousins. See, I didn't. Well, I could believe them as cousins, but I honestly feel like Ice Cube is sleepwalking through this movie. I think Ice Cube is sleepwalking through this movie. But I also think. For someone whose position in this production and the sort of built-in ego that goes with, I can write this, I'm going to produce this, ah, ah, ah. I like that Ice Cube, whether it's because he's sleepwalking or whether it's because he is being generous, gives Mike Epps' character room mm. to do stuff. Like you said, a lot of riffing. A lot of riffing. I have, the, the, the exchange about the, the tires in the 10s and the 20s, yeah, makes me chuckle every time I hear it because that sounds real. Yeah, yeah. Mike Epps getting upset about Tamla Jones in A Lady of Rage, it, it actually makes me chuckle. Yeah. As I said, I joked about it, but I I just love his commitment to the role for a film where, where a lot of people are just sort of, um, as we said, sleepwalking 
and going along with, you know, just sort of going uh, along with um, what's going on to get to the next scene. Clifton Powell's commitment as Pinky. Yeah. Pinky is such a bizarre character. Very bizarre. Very bizarre. He used to be a pimp. Now he owns a record store and he's got the Jerry Curl. And 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 if you're a fan of Clifton Powell, and all of us are fans of Clifton Powell, this is not a Clifton Powell role. Not a typical Clifton Powell. Well, it, it, it may be a bit of a riff on a, a Clifton Powell role a little bit. That damn pinky <laughs> kills me. And as I kind of said, I forget pinky is only in one scene. That's it. He returns for Friday after next, but he's only in one scene. But it might be my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah, I can see that. It, it's a scene that goes on a little long, though. Like a lot but of these it's got scenes, life. It, it does have. Well, like, it's the it's, one. It's the one scene that kind of pops because it's Clifton Powell. Because is and who is again totally committed. So that yeah, the film's a failure. No, the film is is absolutely a failure. But I think the irony is I've I've had this film on in the background more times than I can count really? while I was doing something else. Really, like when I was joking about this being kind of basic cable fodder, mm-hmm. it's always on. And like I know I've balanced a checkbook or graded papers or you know put away something from the dishwasher. Like empty the dishwasher with this on in the background. So no, wow. I couldn't I couldn't stomach this film watching it for the Michelle mission. I certainly would not stomach watching this film with commercials. Right. So right. So no. I yeah, this movie is just a real, real failure. Um and the shame of it is, is that it is successful. Oh yeah. It made money. It's the it actually is the biggest grossing film in the franchise's um library. Dude, people love these movies. Plural. No, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I don't understand it. It's dumb. It's mindless. Like I said, you just sort of keep it on. It's it's sort of low-hanging fruit. There's not a stereotype in here. That that they don't miss a chance. What I wrote in my notes is that Ryan Coogler mm-hmm. had to have this wonderful depiction of Latino and Mexican culture specifically, mm-hmm. because Ice Cube's depiction of Hispanic people in this film put back black brown relationships a <laughs> hundred years. It sure did. It sure did. Um, yeah, especially because. Not only do none of those um, characters come out uh, come off very well, but none of the actors. No, they're not really that good. A couple of the actors I've actually seen do other things, mm-hmm. um, but they weren't. They just didn't bring it in this film, and including that all goes all the way down to the sister of the Jokers. That's what the Vatos right. were called. Um, Carla, who is played by Lisa Rodriguez, she does nothing. Well, in contrast, and I'm surprised you didn't bring this up, while Nia Long is very much the love interest in Friday, there's a reason Nia Long is Nia Long. She has more agency. 
She mm-hmm. has more presence. Mm-hmm. She has more everything in Friday where she isn't just. Well, I mean, that's this is a, probably a criticism more to Ice Cube because he is the, the writer. There is not a woman in this role, in this movie, that it has any type of three dimensions to them. Which is why I was so adamant about why I thought Regina King wouldn't have signed up regardless of the pay. This is a film, and and I said put a pin in in Chris Tucker. As you mentioned, Chris Tucker, um, because of his religious beliefs, didn't want to play Smokey again or Smokey the way he was in Friday. How easy is it to just have Smokey not smoke weed? Like, why not write around Chris Tucker in his beliefs? Yeah, but I don't think it was so much about his, was I don't think it was just the the weed like. He, Smokey would have been a totally different character. And the reason why you're returning to Friday, especially if you're writing this as this stoner comedy, is for Smokey to be the lead smoker in your comedy. Look, he doesn't have <clears throat> he doesn't have to play the detective character that he plays in Rush Hour, but you want Chris Tucker. You figure out how to get Chris Tucker in there. Okay, but you're asking you're asking Ice Cube. But that's my point. To write. But see, that's my point exactly. Kind of again now folding Regina King back in here. All the oh, Chris Tucker was religious. Chris Tucker didn't want to play Smokey. For me, that's kind of a, appropriately enough a smoke screen. Chris Tucker's beliefs weren't the challenge. Ice Cube in this script was the challenge. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. You could have had Chris Tucker in here. Like you could have written again. Like like he's not like Kirk Cameron and was making like weird religious movies. True. Fifteen years. True. But I mean, it's easy to fall on the religion. I mean, hell, this is two thousand. What year is Jackie Brown? Well, Jackie Brown was what ninety seven. So he made Jackie Brown. Yeah, you see my point. Like there are ways. Like, it's not just, oh, I'm holy and I don't want to smoke no weed. This is a terrible script. Okay, well, uh, in fairness, Jackie Brown is three years before this film. So, so maybe. So I don't remember exactly fine. when he came. But he made them damn Rush Hour movies. Uh, yeah, he made the Rush Hour movie. But, I mean, like you said, he can just be in a big, dumb action comedy. Right. Um And be loud and a little bit obnoxious. It's another thing to be in a film that you know one one that you're not digging the script and two let's be fair 2000 he's another one they definitely can't afford his rate or no, even no, close to yeah, his no, rate and they can't now that's yeah. true they can't afford now they actually can't afford chris tucker and i acknowledge a lot of this stuff can be you, you know hindsight is 2020 but when you listen to these actors talk about friday Mm-hmm. Over the past three or four years mm-hmm. and the cultural impact it's had and how important it is. I just feel like there was a way to get people involved. Have you heard of AJ Johnson who was in Friday and he didn't return for next Friday? And it basically but AJ Johnson. Yeah. Anthony Johnson. He, oh, right, 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 right. right. Yeah, he he basically like you know. Um, yeah, I heard that was a money thing. That was a money thing, but like a real disrespectful type money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, and and I've heard that that was an issue with some people. Some people like would accepted it, right? And some, some people, people were just like, yeah, nah. So, yeah, I know. So, I guess the question. No, I would not recommend that anyone see see next Friday. Yeah. Do not waste. Do not waste your time. Um, see Friday. I, for my money, you can stop at Friday. There are a lot of people who tell you see Friday after next. To be fair, I I was about to say because have you is, was this your first time seeing this? This is my first time seeing this that mm-hmm. I remember watching it in whole. I think right. I've, I'd seen bits and pieces of it on TV. And, and you see it on TV, <laughs> I know. Have you seen Friday after next? I think I've seen another one. I've maybe seen bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Certainly have not seen the whole thing. Cause I honestly, after the first one, I just wasn't interested anymore. Sure. Sure. And I know Regina King does not return for Friday after next. No, she's thing about Friday after next is it's more pinky. It's more pinky. And isn't that the one that Cat Williams is in? Yes. Yes. I know my, my, my lady is looking forward to that. Yeah. She thought that this was the one that Cat William was in, and when she realized he wasn't, she left the room. Right. So <laughs> it's not good. I, I I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it. But you know, as I've said, I feel like a lot of people have seen this film, whether they think they have or not, mm. just kind of through osmosis. But as a film experience, I would not recommend it. No. Rel says I wanted. Ice Cube to shoot Clifton Powell just because of dead presidents and menace to society. <laughs> this is not that Clifton Powell. It's not That's that my Clifton point. Powell. Exactly. This is the most non-Clifton Powell character Clifton Powell has ever played. Very true. And your brother Damon hey. uh, recommends that people see Friday then go to YouTube and watch Pinky's scene from next Friday. <laughs> That's it. You don't need to do anything else. That is your Friday universe. <laughs> so I do like Mike Epps and I like them together. I actually like that. What's the name of the movie that they made that wasn't Friday? Oh, it's, it's got, it had something to do with money. Yeah, he's like a they're like bounty hunters, or at least Ice Cube's a bounty hunter. Yeah. It's got something to do with bounty. I yeah. never saw that movie either. It's not bad. You know, it's not it's light. We'll get to it. Yeah. We will get to it. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is our review of next Friday. All about the Benjamins. All about the Benjamins. Not bad. And aren't they in another movie? Okay, Benson. All right. No, no, no. Because all about the Benjamins, is that the one where they're like ticket, pro- like, they're like concert promoters? <laughs> I don't know. See, you always ask, and then I have to look these things up. Vincent. Yeah, I feel like they made a couple of movies together. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see. I'm going to the filmography of one Mike Epps. Right. Okay. All right. Mike Epps filmography. He did all about the Benjamins in 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday after next, and then he was in. Let's see. You're thinking something with Ice Cube, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not seeing anything that looks like it's an Ice Cube joint. Okay. On there. He's, he's in a bunch of bunch of things, but... I thought he made two non-Friday movies with Ice Cube, but I could be wrong. Yeah, not that I'm seeing. Okay. He was in The Fighting Temptations. 
Mm. If that means anything for you. It doesn't. Okay. Very good. All right. All right. Before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to check out the Michelle Mission Two Men One Podcast, every Black film ever made. Go to MichelleMission.com. You can check out our entire uh, library of shows. We are at 327 shows, Woo-hoo. 327 films we've reviewed, and we've got a lot more coming. And while you're at the website, you can hit swag and check out all of the cool designs and gifts that we have available for you by way of our good friends at Public, including our Six Degrees of Durville Martin collection, just in time for the holidays. You can leave us a voicemail, 215-867-9666. Tell Vincent and Len what's on your mind. You can email us at michaumission at gmail.com. Michaud is M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at gmail. Dot com. Like and follow us on all the social media. That includes Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to the Michelle Mission on YouTube. Subscribe at YouTube.com at the Michelle Mission and go tell a friend so we can uh, see them like Robin. Hi, Robin. And please, if you want to help the show, give us a five-star rating and review, especially if it is on Apple Podcasts, as we inch our way closer to 200 reviews on there. And and if you are in um, outside the United States and you have left us a review, please copy it and email it to us at michomission at gmail.com because we're unable to see those reviews here. So we can count that towards our toll. And the Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. Don't forget that Sanai Lathan is the catwoman you didn't know that you needed. And next week on the Michelle Mission, it is that very, very merry month of December, which means that it is almost Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's right. Almost Christmas next week here from On The Me Show Mission, Vincent's selection. Yes, it is. As we get into the merry month of December for the holiday season. Until then, he's Vincent, I'm Len, and in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. 